Blog Talk Radio. Now, today's show is 
is about our featured author, Jay Russell Smith, which he will be joining us in a few minutes here, um, and his book titled Long Words. Now, um, I believe this book is available on Amazon and um, online um, so that you guys can go ahead and pick that up or pre-order if it's not available on certain sites or just ask for it. Go into your local bookstore and ask for it. Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, wherever you are, just ask for it. Hey, can I get that book? Can you order that book for me if they don't have it sitting on the shelf? So, you know, and a lot of times they will order that for you. So, and um, you know, I, I just want to just take a moment and and um, just truly, 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 um, you know, have you guys um, think about um, and send your send your prayers out to all the families of those um, those attacks that happened in Paris is so sad. It really is sad. And just, you know, send your thoughts and your prayers, you know, just send it out to those families that have lost their loved ones. It's, this is a difficult time. And, uh, of course, you know, with all of us praying, um, that will definitely help. So I just wanted to just put that out there. But um, uh, our special guest, <laughs> I can't wait to bring him on, Jay Russell Smith, um, will be joining us. And I have to say, you know, um, reading this book um, really did educate me um, about certain things. Um, and, um, you know, I, you know, I believe he says, could be deemed as an educational tool. I think it is also. So let's bring him in so that he can tell us more about it. So let's welcome in our special guest, author Jay Russell Smith. Hi, Russell. Hello. How are you? I am Hello? fine, thank you. Please, can you hear me okay? I can, I can. Can you hear me okay? I can. Okay, I guess we were having problems before. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me. I really do appreciate it. And please call me Rusty. That's what everybody else does. Okay. Well, how are you? I am fine, thank you. I'm fine. I'm tolerably well this morning. <laughs> well, that's good to know. That's good to know. Well, we always tell our guests, before we get started um, with the book and the characters, could they give our listening audience a little bit of a backstory about themselves? About myself, the characters, who? Yes. About All the above? <laughs> about me. Well, give us, yes, yes. Well, I, it's, it's not so, so thinly veiled. If you read the book, you could get a pretty good idea of what my background is. Uh, but no, I was uh, very much like the protagonist. I was this kind of bumbling character that was wandering around and then, this little incident called Vietnam happened, and that changed my world forever. So I was just kind of this happy-go-lucky kid, and then uh, the real world hit and all the stuff that was going on in the 60s, and that galvanized me, and and I didn't necessarily want to join the Marine Corps, didn't necessarily want to go to Vietnam, but again, I didn't have any coalesced thoughts at that point in my life, and I ended up going, and that changed me radically. So from that point on, I've had some pretty strong views about a number of different things, to include our involvement in uh, 
and incidents and and uh, wars and so forth like that. And that's extended over to what we're doing right now with Iraq and Afghanistan and everything else. I can definitely understand that because, you know, if you've been through Vietnam and, um, you know, so many other experiences that's related to that, your view just changes so much. So I can definitely understand that that uh, that's um could you um talk to us about Carson now is Carson based on is it loosely based or is it based on your life and your experiences well it, <clears throat> excuse me I've been asked that before of course and I had a professor in college many 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 years ago tell me that everyone's first novel is autobiographical Everyone. So I went, well, okay, I'm not quite sure that that's the case, but I I certainly understand what he was talking about because, of course, you write uh, from your own experiences. It's not a memoir. It's not an autobiography, but I must admit that all of those characters in there, to include Carson, are based on characters that I have known, composites and whatever, and it was not so much that I knew – Bill Jones, and I put the character of exactly Bill Jones in there. It was just, well, there was some Bill Jones characteristics, and maybe I mixed that with some other uh, people that I knew, and I ended up coming up with this character, Bill Jones, or whatever. So uh, everybody was kind of a composite, uh, but I must admit that it was based on my experiences and what was happening to me at that time. Um, What was it like, um, Jeff? You know, I, I guess I could you know, I guess we want to know what was it like going back and, you know, putting a lot of those characters, I'm sorry, putting a lot of those experiences and writing them down and just, you know, going back and I guess you could say kind of reliving that. What was that like for you? Well, thank you for asking. I do appreciate that. Uh, I, I would suggest to you that different people have different ways of dealing with trauma or incidents like that or phases in their life or, in this particular case, war. They have different ways of doing it. I have a, an extremely good friend of mine who was a Navy SEAL in Vietnam, and he was there the same time I was. <clears throat> he was – I don't want to put words in his mouth, let's just say traumatized or affected, let's put it that way, to the, yeah. to the point where once he got left Vietnam, once he got – he was a Navy SEAL. Once he got out, he wanted nothing more to do with anything. He didn't want to read about it. He didn't want to see movie. He didn't want to do anything. So in other words, in yeah. his mind, it just kind of something that he did, but he stuffed it so far back in the recesses of his mind that he didn't want to deal with it. That was his way of dealing with it. I was just the opposite. I was so flummoxed by what happened over there trying to figure out what was going on that when I got back from Vietnam and certainly when I got out of the Marine Corps, I read every book that was ever published, saw every movie, read every, did everything that I possibly could to understand what was going on over there. Well, I didn't just wake up one morning and go, yeah, I think I'll write a book about this. It was just something that yeah. happened. As a matter of fact, I think – if anybody's read anything about my comments, that entire book was written between midnight and 6 in the morning. So I was obviously having some issues. I was obviously going through some stuff, and I couldn't sleep. So I just went in and started writing. And so oh it, it was 
it was a way for me to understand what I had done. It was a way for me to kind of put it on paper as a sort of cathartic experience to try to figure out what in the world happened. So to answer your question as succinctly as, as I can now, it was something almost that I had to do. Yes, yes, yes. Could you? Wow, I, it's it's a big difference between you and your and the other guy, where you had to have some sort of understanding, and he just wanted nothing to do with any of it, like nothing. That's you know, that's like that's like night and day. I mean, that, you know, yes, ma'am. And, yeah. And even to this day, does he even, I mean, does he not say anything about it? Does he not talk about it? That has to be a little difficult. Well, in general, none of us talk about it. I mean, it's just kind of the way it is. And it's not, that's not uh, just Vietnam. That's any uh, conflict like this. But we just, there's just really nothing to discuss. Because if you're talking to somebody else, they're not (laughs) going to get it if they weren't in. And if you're talking to somebody like I, uh, an extremely good friend, best friend I have in this world, it was a doctor in Atlanta. I just saw him a couple of weeks ago. I was out there for doing some stuff. And over the years we have just touched on it. I mean, we were roommate or bahooch mates. We flew together. We did everything together. And we haven't even talked about it that much because we kind of understand. We kind of know there's nothing to say. In my friend's case, he – so that's just kind of a general statement for everyone. But in my friend's case, I just think it was a sublimation process on his part, and he just wanted nothing to do with it. It it probably traumatized him, and he just wanted nothing to do it. Just let's move on. Yeah. But again, I was just – I'm just the opposite kind of guy. I just have to get as much information as I possibly can to try to put all the pieces together. What did the character in creating Carson, you know, you know, and taking many experiences and and so many different things from your own life? Did you learn anything after creating him and, you know, just putting him in your or maybe in some of those experiences, did you learn anything new about yourself or, you know, about your experiences? Did you learn anything? Oh, boy, good question. First time I've been <laughs> asked that. Uh, yeah, let me let me stumble around a little bit. I think we always learn. I think as I was putting pen to paper, so to speak, I think as I was going through this whole process, I was putting things in perspective. I was putting incidents and feelings and all that sort of thing in its appropriate place, in its appropriate slot, if you will. So I think I learned basically how to deal with the whole conflict, my whole experience. I think I learned how to deal with that a little bit better. But it also gave me a little different perspective, to be perfectly honest with you on what is going on today. And I just think history is absolutely crucial. And, of course, everybody, most people just blow history off as as useless. But I think it's absolutely crucial to understand what we're doing today. And if anybody had paid any attention whatsoever was going on to Vietnam, then they would really be upset at what's going on in today's world, particularly with the Iraq War and all of that sort of stuff. I agree. 
Absolutely. So I think uh, to answer your question again in a roundabout fashion, yes, of course. I I think I was just able to kind of catalog everything, put it in perspective, and say, oh, okay, hopefully we won't make that mistake again. Then of course we turn around mm-hmm. around and make that mistake again. So very true. You are right about that. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with that, and I think a lot of us do. Um, talk to us about some of the other uh, folks that are in the story, and I guess without giving a lot away in the book, um, how did you come to, um, you know, actually putting those folks in the book, like the young lady that that's beautiful? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? That's a very good question. I'm not sure. Well, let me re- let me restate that. There, there, there was not a character in my life like Kathy Wilkerson that just she didn't exist. But there were other people that I had, or I had had relationships and so forth with, and I just kind of put these folks together and ended up coming with coming up with this character of Kathy who helped Carson along because I think that in my mind he needed help he needed help to be grounded he needed help to understand <clears throat> and he needed a bright woman who could supply him so to speak with the various understanding of what was going on but of course, could the intimacy uh, for typical heterosexual couples? She supplied that need. So there was a number of needs that I think that Kathy supplied for Carson to kind of keep him grounded. Of course, he was so messed up that it took him a while to get his act together to realize what a great thing he had. But but that speaks volumes about her as well, or that character that she was very, very strong, she believed in him, and I think ultimately um, she kind of got him through. And so I think there needed to be a character in there to kind of help this hapless guy as he's kind (laughs) of bumbling through trying to figure out what's going on. I hope that answered it anyway. No, it actually did, you know, um, because it it seems like when stories – like yours are written, you know, there has to be, or I shouldn't say have to be, or it's almost like, you know, there should be some type of love interest or, you know, friendship, love interest, something like that, that can, you know, that may be the complete opposite of the main character. And I think you did it well. So definitely, yes. Talk to us about some of Carson's experiences, some of the things that he goes through. Um, in the story? Well, as I tried to point out, there was a, and this goes back to the 50s and this this kind of, oh gosh, I'm not even sure how to describe it. I want to, the, the man in the gray flannel suit, this conformity and everything that was the 50s that was after World War II, which is not exactly when Carson grew up. He grew up, he was more a, a child of the 60s and the 50s. But my point is he kind of he kind of grew up with this conformity. And the Vietnam War p- 
kitted. I mean, once that happened, we just naturally assumed that we had another conflict and everybody's going to happily go off just like they did to, <clears throat> excuse me, World War II, maybe less so in Korea. But you certainly didn't have the upheaval ever in the past. Well, maybe back in the Revolutionary War, but you didn't have the upheaval, at least in recent history, that you did in Vietnam. And and these characters were were facing something they had never faced before. Let me give you an example. In 1957, I believe it was, was Sputnik, and that changed our that rocked us. That rocked the U.S. And that changed us dramatically. So from that moment on, we grew up with constant change, constant change. And so Carson's was the first generation to grow up with this constant change. Consequently, they were always, their minds were always spinning because there was always something new. I remember when me personally, when I went to Vietnam, I bought all the stereo gear while I was over there because we could get some great deals and everything. By the time I got home, all of that stereo gear was obsolete. Wow. So my point is, is that there was so much change, so much upheaval going on that it was hard for everyone to kind of grasp. Well, Carson's parents' generation, the World War II generation, that man in the gray flannel suit, the woman is in the kitchen happily cooking with pearls around her neck and high heels on and all that good stuff, <laughs> just, just went bye-bye in the 60s. We just basically said, whoa, wait a minute, that we don't, we don't want that. This is absurd. And one of the reasons, of course, why this, all this rebellion and unrest was the Vietnam War. It's not like Iraq and Afghanistan where everybody volunteered. People were being drafted over there for something they just simply didn't get. We didn't understand. Why are we there to begin with? So anyway, it was just a com- – I think it's a com- – I hope I answered There was a combination of a lot yeah, of different things yeah. to lead that generation to where they were. And in my estimation, it was a – it was an exciting time, something that we haven't seen in the past or in the in the recent past. It was an exciting time, but there was also a lot of upheaval, a lot of things going on, a lot of people dying, <clears throat> a lot of protesting and everything else. And I think that's something that, that the generations, the millennials and, and those that are born today don't understand. They don't understand that uh, that generation paved the way for women's lib, for Voting Rights oh, yeah. Act, for civil rights, all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. They paved the way in that particular generation. So, anyway. I know. I totally agree. Totally agree with you. And, you know, I'm, I'm just curious of what do you think of, you know, we have a lot that's happening in our you know, in our nation and beyond that. But what do you think of what's really happening in today's society? I mean, of course, we, we've gone over there. We have been through wars. I mean, part of us feel like we are still in one. But, you know, what's your thinking on where we're headed? Well, to me, it's a sh- <laughs> It's it's not in a very good direction, I think. Um, yeah. But I will give uh, President Obama a lot of credit for what he's done. I think there are a number of things that he had going against him. First of oh, all, yeah. I personally voted for uh, and pushed for President Obama on both occasions, and he got elected twice, thank goodness. I think that he 
had strikes against him. First of all, the first black president, there is a certain segment. There's a certain segment of society out there that wouldn't give him his due, even if he walked on water. It would make no difference what he did. He's because of the color of his skin and his purported lack of experience in politics. They're not going to give him his due, and it didn't make any difference what he did. I considered him the Jackie Robinson of politics, Jackie Robinson, of course, being the who broke the color barrier in baseball. Mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. uh, in, in many respects, uh, President Obama did that. And I think he has done a phenomenal job after what I personally consider, and that's my personal opinion, eight years mm-hmm. of a disastrous George W. Bush presidency that just almost ruined this country. And here's a classic example of he and his team, none of whom, none of whom ever experienced combat. That the wars and everything in Iraq and Afghanistan, they were all pro- they have been today prosecuted by people that have never been in combat. Had they been in combat, I think they would have done things a little differently because it's not fun and games. It's pretty yes, serious. It's pretty easy right. to send some. Absolutely. Pretty easy to send somebody else's son and daughter over uh, in harm's way, as long as you don't have to do your own. So, like I said, most of these people that are prosecuting the war are those people that grew up as Carson's contemporaries, but they didn't mm-hmm. protest, they didn't question, they didn't do anything. They were very, very conservative. They just moved along, and these are the people that were in power. Like I said, George W. Bush, who was essentially a draft dodger, but again, that's my opinion. Um, and it's real easy for those guys to get in here. And why those people were elected is totally beyond me. But I don't know. it is what it is. Wow. So anyway, my yeah. point is is that I think that we're headed <sighs> – I say we're headed in – we're not headed in the wrong direction. I think we're headed in a generally the right direction. But until we get some new leadership in there, and I'm talking about it in the House and everyone else, and – Oh, and maybe yeah. a little different Supreme Court, then I don't think we're going to change the course much right now. I, in my lifetime, I have never seen Congress as messed up as it is today. Yeah, they Thank are. There is uh, <laughs> a lot going on there. They're, they're back and forth. You know, it's a lot of infighting. It's a lot of he said, he said. It, you know, it's like kids on a schoolyard and yeah, it they is. Just, it really is. You know, and like it, it would. It, and on top of all of this, I actually, me personally, I actually lived in the Middle East for two years. I lived in Iran uh, back in the seventies when the Shah was in power. So I understand the Middle East, and I understand the mindset, and I understand why they're do, why they do what they do, and why they don't do what they do, and all that good stuff. And it seems so obvious to me. Why can't other people figure that out? Why are we involved in all the stuff that we're involved in right now? Obviously, oil is a big reason, but apart from that, oh, yeah. why are we doing all of these things? It just, it to me, it's sinful. But I mean, we're looking at ISIS right now, and that's a direct result of, of uh, at least in part, our uh, policies in Iraq oh, and, what, yes. and how we handle that. Oh yes. Out of oh, the ashes, yes. we uh, we have this current movement. We have ISIS that are, that arose out of the ashes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yes, they are something else. They are. So I'm not really... happy with our politicians <laughs> right now. Let's put it that way. Me either. To a certain certain degree, you know, they have this. I feel like um, there's not a there's 
there's not there is not a lot of focus on the most important things that they should be focusing on and you know i hope um you know in the coming years that things change but we can only hope so Rusty, uh, I'm, are you I'm with you working yes are you currently working on any new books that we should be looking I am. For. I am working on uh, on two of them, but one of them I've kind of put aside, and I'm going to concentrate on the other. And <laughs> and people scratch their head when I say this, but believe it or not, it's a science fiction book, and that came to me in a uh, a dream one night, nightmare, whatever you want to call it, years ago. And I got up at one or two in the morning and started writing. So this book is. It's kind of along the lines of what H.G. Wells did back at the uh, the return of the 20th century, latter part of the 19th, early 20th century. There, were the, there was a society in Great Britain called the Fabian Society, of which there were many, George Bernard Shaw, a bunch of them that were members, and one of those was H.G. Wells. And Some people just wrote him off as a science fiction writer with no import, but behind his writing, there there was there was intent to show what was going on in the modern world. As an example, a lot of people have interpreted the War of the Worlds, which we just look at, as a funny movie, The Martians Invading. But the sub, <clears throat> the subset of that whole thing was the Martians were actually Great Britain as they were trying to take over and expand the British Empire, take over the world, expand the British Empire. So in other words... He used a vehicle, science fiction, to report on what was happening, at least his impressions on what was happening in modern-day society. And I think I'd like to do that with this one that I'm doing, although I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do it. I'm kind of in the middle of trying to figure that out right now. I'm trying to take a science fiction theme and give it some gravitas uh, about what's going on in the real world today. <clears throat> so anyway, that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm working on when I have time. Now that's the bad news is when I have time. The good news is is that I'm still working. I'm in the, my day job, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, pretty busy, so I don't have as much time to write anymore, at least right now, as I would like. But hopefully, a little change in the future. Now, do you have any uh, book signings or anything that are coming up? Um, so if folks are listening and that they are located in those areas that they may can come out to. Well, I, thank you. Uh, the answer is I don't know <laughs> because, because I have some marketing folks that are handling me, and I'm honestly not mm-hmm. quite sure what's coming up in the very near future, what book signings there are, anything else. I wish I had a better answer for you for my sake yeah. if nothing else. But I, at this particular point, I just simply don't know. How can the listeners keep up with what you're doing, like Facebook, Twitter, social media, anything that you may be on? Yes, thank you for asking. I am of the generation that, of course, didn't grow up with social media, and so I have been somewhat reluctant to jump onto social media simply because, uh, with all due respect to somebody's daughter, I don't really care what she had for dinner or how well her recital went last (laughs) night. It's just (laughs) not... Really interested in that. However, uh, my uh, handlers, so to speak, have told me I better get with the program. And so I do have a Facebook page and I do have a Twitter handle. I do have all of that stuff. And I think it's J. Russell, 
J. Russell Smith at info or whatever. I know I have a, um, a website, which is jrussellsmith.info, uh, www.jrussellsmith.info. And I, there's a Twitter and there's a thing, and I don't know what they are. <laughs> 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 Honestly, okay, I no. probably... <laughs> While I'm while I'm talking to you, maybe I can figure it out. That's okay. I totally understand. I totally do. Um, A whole lot of, um, you know, there are so many people that don't care too much for social media. And then some people get on it, you know, just every now and then to check out what's really happening and things just like that. But, you know, no, I totally understand. And uh, book marketing services, they are absolutely fantastic um they are amazing they really handle their business so shout out to them they are great i <laughs> they are well, they've really, done a, yeah really they've done a, a pretty good job and they're holding my hand so to speak and telling me uh you know i need to do this and i need to do that so i am on facebook although i mean i'm technically on facebook and I'm technically on Twitter, although I've not used either of them. So they, I guess I'm going to have to start doing that. Okay. Well, you know, just take your time. You know, it's, you know, it's a lot of it is just small conversation and reiterating, you know, the news stories and this and that and, you know, Oftentimes, many of us do get sick of that stuff. We just need a break from it. But some people, they're on at seven, which that's not really good for you. But some people live their lives by social media, and that's not good. But this is where we are in this world with these generations that are coming along. So, you know, it's just one of those things. But, Rusty, I just want to thank you for uh uh, spending part of your time with us and talk and talking to us about your book Longworth and um your book is it available on Amazon and It is it's available oh. on Amazon uh it's okay. available on Barnes and Noble Nook and of course okay. the uh, Outskirts Press uh is available as well oh. so at that at this particular point it's available those three ways you can get it either okay. either way you want to. Obviously, the simplest thing is to go on Amazon and do it. That's what everybody oh, else yeah. does. So, oh, and yeah. there's some reviews on there. If uh, folks want to read those, uh, would be nice. And I would just say that I wanted to thank you very, very kindly for having me on. I, I uh, very much appreciate it. And I hope your audience will at least give it a chance because it is, I think, enlightening and it will. Uh, inform those that maybe are a little younger just kind of what went on back in the day so to speak and and that'll give them an idea of how they ended up here today uh but i wanted people to try to understand what went on back there simply because i didn't and so hopefully yeah. i could impart some knowledge to those who didn't grow up in that era but i thank you very very much for having me i very Absolutely. very much appreciate it and um uh, I bid you adieu, I suppose. You too. And we and we invite you back. So the next time so when your book comes out, we will def you are welcome back anytime. So thank you so much. Thank Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. You take care. You too. All right. Bye. 
All right, everybody. That was author Jay Russell Smith, known as Rusty. He wants everyone to call him that. That's awesome. I think, hey, call me Rusty. He was so nice. I love his humor. And I love the way he explained the Vietnam era back in the day. You know what? The past does. Sometimes, and most of the time, the past is an indication of what may happen in the future. You know, this past, in this time, right now, you know, which will be tomorrow, may be an indication of what may happen 10 years from now. So, you guys, go to Amazon.com, put in J. Russell Smith, and buy the book Longworth, and definitely Read the book, leave a review, and um, support him. Hey, you know, we are all writers, we are all authors, and get a good understanding of what happened and what his thinking was. He experienced war. I mean, many of you probably know people that have experienced war, but, you know, in the minds of an individual that have experienced it, fought through it, that's working through it still, you know, uh, it may give you some understanding of where we are today as to what Rusty said. So with that being said, this is your girl, the Literary Diva of Blog Talk Radio. This has been another great author chat, and we just, J. Russell Smith, about his book, Long Words. So thanks so much for tuning in, you guys, and God bless you guys. That's-